and welcome to the Post Party Project. My name is Amy Heinrich and I am your host. Join me as we chat all things postpartum, celebrating the highs and supporting you through the lows. Everything pregnancy and birth is just such an exciting time, but often chats about postpartum experiences get missed or overlooked because everything's about the baby, which we are also totally here for. But I'm here to hear you and hold you, figuratively speaking, and to listen to your experience. Think of this podcast as your safe space to share, vent, cry, laugh, and know that you're not alone. Now, let's get into it. In today's episode, I chat with Alex, who is a mother to nine-month-old Arlo. Alex speaks of her struggles with body image through pregnancy and waiting and watching her body change throughout her pregnancy. She was induced at 41 weeks and birthed Arlo vaginally and then speaks of her struggle she had with breastfeeding. We chat all about her postpartum with ADHD and her postpartum depression and how she got through it all. If you're enjoying the Post Party Project, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode and to leave a review if you have a spare minute. Also, if you'd like to share your birth and postpartum story, I'd love to chat with you. You can contact me on my Instagram page at the Post Party Project or send me an email, thepostpartyproject at gmail.com. This week's episode is also sponsored by Stitch and Straw. Started by a mother of three and her FIFO husband, they sell beautiful handcrafted rattan homewares and decor. They have a range of stunning rattan toys, change tables, doll houses, doll bassinets, mirrors, and more. They've been so generous to give listeners of the Post Party Project a discount code, which is so perfect with Christmas just around the corner. You can use code PPP15 for 15% off at checkout. Their website is stitchandstraw.com. The code also ends tonight, so if you're listening to this episode today, it ends, I think, at midnight tonight, so make sure you're getting quick. We're also going to be doing a competition with them very soon, so keep an eye out on my Instagram, which is at the Post Party Project. Now, let's get into the show. Thank you for joining me today, Alex. I can't wait to hear all about your birth and postpartum. So thank you for joining me. No, thanks for having me. It's an absolute delight. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about yourself and who's in your family. Okay, so I am 30 this year, a little bit scary. (laughs) Um, I am a high school English and art teacher. Um, I just got married two weeks ago to my beautiful husband that I met um, in Queensland when I was doing a little teaching stint over there. Um, And my son Arlo is just about nine months old, so eight and a half, nine months old. Oh, congratulations on your wedding. <laughs> yeah, thank you. It was a beautiful day. How was it doing it with um with Arlo? Um, it was very out of routine for him, but he handled it like a champ. Even um even the photos, he did great. He was a little bit clingy, it was like a little bit different for him, but he did really, really well. We did have two <laughs> at the reception, we pretty much just all took turns taking him outside so he could play around on the grass. Oh, um, he was- pretty much done at that time but he did really really well he was a little champ oh did you have someone take him home to bed or did he stay all night or how did that work oh no so it was actually a little tiny elopement it was during the day and it was at 10 a.m so cool um, yeah so we snuck in a little nap for him early in the morning and then 
pretty much from 10 until 3, he just partied. And then at yeah. 3, he walked out straight away. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking if anyone's listening to this and they're planning weddings, I'm like, maybe these tips could be helpful. Oh, my gosh, definitely do a daytime thing. I don't know how we would have managed during the night, especially because he is not a great sleeper um, and we still co-sleep and he boobs to sleep every single time. So uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot imagine a nighttime wedding working for us, but that's just yeah. us. So, you know. We, um, we wanted a day thing. Plus, you know, I'm not a night owl. I love, I love daytime. I <laughs> yeah. <day. laughs> yeah, yeah, same. Um, yeah. So how long do you plan to stay at home? Are you going to have um, the year off maternity leave or do you plan to go back to work soon? Yes, I've had um, the year. I took 12 months, um, but at the start of next school term, which I think is mid or the end of February next year, I will be going back to work for two days, which is really, really daunting. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I um, I was supposed to go to a, um, a friend's Christmas party on the weekend and my husband was like, just go by yourself because, you know, I love my son hates the car. Um, and I was like, no, like I can't go by myself. I'll be like an hour and a half away from you guys. And that just seemed like, like it seems like nothing, but it seems like so much to me. Like I haven't yeah. even been apart from him for, for that long before. So, yeah, it'll be, <laughs> it'll definitely be different. We're just going to do some um, daycare days like in the build up to that so so I can kind of, get used to it because he's fine and we've done like the stay and play as a daycare and he had a great time he's not the problem I'm <laughs> I know it's so hard did you plan to get pregnant with Ali when you did I we were sort of trying but not trying and um in the lead up to getting pregnant um we unfortunately did have a miscarriage which was really really heartbreaking um but we were kind of like, you know, it's obviously a sign we're not meant to have a baby um, at the moment. I'll just continue working on my career. Um, I'd just been diagnosed with ADHD as well. So I was like, oh, I'll trial some drugs, you know, hopefully that will um, help me get into a better mental space. And then literally the next month we fell pregnant. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, was, I was like, oh, this is perfect. This is great timing. We'll, we'll go with this. Um, yeah, so it was kind of planned, planned, unplanned, trying, not trying, I guess. Yeah, awesome. Um, so how does the medication and stuff go throughout your pregnancy? Is that all completely safe? Or It is not safe at all, and I was really, really lucky to. <laughs> <not> <laughs> um, just by chance, I'm actually celiac, so I'm allergic to, really, really severely allergic to gluten and wheat. Um, and I found out that the the drugs that I was going to be taking had, like, wheat in them. So I was going through the process of getting them compounded, um, luckily. <laughs> yeah. I would have started taking them otherwise and I was talking to my psychiatrist and he was like you know um there's obviously like so little information about um dexamphetamine which is the the drug that we've been taking um in pregnancy because it's like it's not ethical to test on pregnant women <laughs> you yeah. can't just test like oh does how does meth affect pregnancy you know like yeah. that's not yeah. that's um but he's like well, we, what we do know is that upon conception like the second that the sperm meets the egg, that's that's the time when it does the most damage. So I was like, okay. <laughs> um, I am breastfeeding at the moment and um, I am taking my meds, but it's one of those kind of like it, you just have to juggle the risk kind of thing. Yeah. I wasn't um, without it and I was in a really, really bad place with postnatal depression. So I, um, I talked to my psychiatrist and he's like, you know, um, I'll talk to some friends. I went to see a lactation consultant. I went to see my doctor. I ended up calling Rodney White, who is amazing. He is basically like a really, really, um, 
don't know if he's a pharmacist, but he knows everything about all different types of medications and their effects in breast milk and stuff. Okay, yeah. Um, and their half-life. So I ended up calling him and he's like, you, you'd be absolutely fine. Oh, um, so, yeah, it was just one of those things where um, I really wasn't functioning. I remember one day I went to put Arlo in his car seat and I um, got in the car and luckily I, I looked around to check that he was okay um, and I hadn't done his seatbelt up. Yeah. So I just, you know, like I wasn't, I couldn't function at all. Yeah. And it was dangerous. It was more dangerous me mothering, me parenting um, without the meds yeah, <laughs> than yeah. any of oh. being in system. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm really interested to get into all of that. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> let's, let's, we'll start from the beginning. <laughs> um, oh, sorry. So, I think you were still there, didn't I? <laughs> no, no, no. It's good. It's good. Um, I'm sure there's so many people listening that it's got to, yeah, be really interesting to hear your story. Um, how did you feel throughout pregnancy then? Was that all okay, not being able to have the meds throughout pregnancy? And did you have any complications with your pregnancy? I had a pretty straightforward pregnancy. Um, Arlo was measuring pretty small the whole time, um, and I think that did stress me out a lot. Um, I have always kind of naturally self-medicated my ADHD with caffeine, and I obviously couldn't really do that when I was pregnant. So that was challenging um, it was also really, really hot. It was like 42 degrees um, when I was like 30, pretty much 30 to 40 weeks pregnant. So it was over that like intense summer period when I was oh, wow, yeah. in my third trimester. So that was that was challenging, trying to get comfortable when it was so hot was, was really difficult. Um, also, I've always been like a smaller build and watching myself get pregnant, put on weight was intensely challenging that was really really difficult um I think that was definitely the hardest part and I think as someone with ADHD like when I was little I always knew that I was different um but my weight was one thing that I could control yeah and it is really problematic but I knew that even though I couldn't be a good girl and I couldn't sit still and I couldn't you know like listen and remember and all of those like classic ADHD things yeah no yeah <laughs> um I couldn't do those things but I could be thin yeah <laughs> what I eat and yeah. so that was that in itself was really problematic and that kind of followed me until um my mid-20s and I think in my kind of my mid-20s I definitely hit uh, a peak of just like getting that thrill of knowing that I could control exactly what went into my body and what I ate and yeah like I'd look in the mirror and just feel like if I didn't feel like I looked thin enough, it would just, I'd feel like I'd failed that day. So that was the one kind of thing. I didn't have, I feel like I didn't have any control over my mind or yeah. um, I didn't have any ability to sit still or focus or anything like that, but I could control what I looked like. Did so you tr- did you feel that you still tried to control it like throughout being pregnant? Did you, were you really careful with what you ate or anything like that? Not at all. I just ate whatever I wanted whenever I wanted um, because... I just felt such an intense love for my son so early on. Like, yeah, that's um, even when, yeah, like he, just hearing his heartbeat, I was like, holy shit, you know, I've really got to take control of this. Um, so I was very unhappy with how I looked, but I, I did know, like, you know, I, I can't keep living like this. It's completely unsustainable. And so I just wore really, really big clothes and ate a lot of chips. Yeah. <laughs> did you ever? <laughs> Did you you ever get, um, were you ever diagnosed with any sort of eating disorder at all through like your younger years or did you ever get help for any of that? Not really. Um, I had 
really intense phobias when I was little. So OCD is actually, um, they say like it's a, it's a comorbidity with ADHD. Um, so I was very like scared of germs and scared of um, like sickness and stuff like that. But I didn't for some reason ever have an eating disorder yeah. diagnosis, which, you know, my poor mum tried so hard <laughs> and I yeah. was a really long kid just like my son is now a really really full-on boy um but it, yeah no nah, I never had a, a formal diagnosis unfortunately yeah how did you feel then like mentally getting towards the end of pregnancy were you did you get quite big or you said he was small was your belly small or I thought I was huge looking back yeah. on photos now I was like that's hilarious I was, <laughs> I was <laughs> yeah. um and I think that was that was the hard thing as well. I thought I looked so enormous. But he was measuring little and I was stressed about how small he was, so I would just keep trying to eat and eat. Um, and it was tricky because this other, like, lovely lady from my office was pregnant at the same time as me and her baby was measuring really, really big. And she had this, like, beautiful, big, like, beach ball tummy and she didn't put on weight anywhere else and she just looked gorgeous. And I'm, I'm sure I look gorgeous too, but, you know, like, that's not the point. <laughs> Um, so I was really conscious because I put on weight everywhere and I just like puffed up and I didn't even look big, but I was like, oh my God, like I don't look like a proper pregnant person. I had what um what's like supposedly called like a B belly, which is not like a round pregnant belly. It's like where your tummy kind of looks a bit like a a B. Does that make sense? Okay. Like it, um, yep. Yeah, so it, it's not like perfectly round like a D shape. It's like it goes in and out a little bit. Yeah, okay. Um, yep. so, I was really self-conscious of that and yeah high school kids can be really mean oh, <laughs> they would be oh my god yeah oh my god, they'd be like miss you don't look pregnant you just look fat you look oh my god <laughs> like that. So, yeah that was really really rough and um I was oh. yeah, conscious of just looking chunky all over so that was that was really really hard and yeah at the same time I was like oh he's still so small he was totally normal he was totally fine um my doctor freaked me out for pretty much no reason. Oh, you know, like yeah. The 40th percentile, but they just kept going on about how tiny he was and, yeah. you know, we're going to have to do an emergency Caesar if he's, like, not growing, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, yeah. I obviously didn't know anything. If, if this had been my second child, I would be like, shut up. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. yeah. Um, they were sending me in for scans, like, every week at one stage and, um, and my mum, who was a midwife, um, back in the day was just like this is so ridiculous like you don't need this he's perfectly normal he's perfectly healthy like yeah just stop it um and I just didn't know what was happening so I was like going for these scans every week freaking out when mm. I didn't see the numbers that I wanted yeah so yeah <laughs> yeah it's so hard with the weight the measurements hey because I was like with um Ivy I wanted to birth in the family birth center so they weren't really doing like all the scans and then when because I ended up getting diagnosed with preeclampsia so then when that happened I had to go and get a scan to check that she was growing and the person who did the scan told me like she was like whoa she's such a big baby and kept making comments on how big she was and that freaked me the hell out as well it's like either way if they're normal it's just like you just you don't need to know how big or how small it just can be so stressful yeah I just feel like people don't need it's not it's not people's job to comment on anything to do with your baby. Just say like, oh, beautiful, lovely, healthy baby and finish it at that. And I feel like people think, people really think that like commenting on your body during pregnancy 
is something that they're entitled to do. And they are absolutely not entitled to do that. You know, like I didn't even look pregnant until I was maybe 25 or 26 weeks and people would be like, oh, my God, you're so small. And I'm like, can you not? Like I'm so conscious of the fact my baby is really tiny and it just made me feel like shit, you know, like, and like, yeah, like this poor woman that I mentioned in my office, people would be like, holy fuck, like you're so huge. I can't believe how big, like your baby must be so big. And she's just like, yes, like he is extremely big and I'm so nervous about pushing out a baby in the 19th. So it's like, just don't, just be like, you're glowing finish it there you know exactly and I don't think people realize the amount of times people are saying that to you as well it's just like you can get it in the shops you get it at work you get it wherever you go so it's just like it's not like it's just one person that says it in all the nine months it's like one person a day I know exactly yeah it's so stressful isn't it yeah (laughs) um so did you have much of a birth plan or how did you want to birth Arlo um, so, yeah, as I said, my mum's a midwife. She had all of us, all three of us at home, um, mm-hmm. me, my brother and my sister, um, and she's very much into hypnobirthing and um, just like meditation and that sort of stuff. So I hired a big bath to have Arlo in. I had planned to have him at home, but, um, I yeah, I chatted to my husband and we live about half an hour, 35 minutes from the hospital. Um, and he just wasn't quite comfortable with that time frame, which is yeah. fine. I was that, so I was like, that's okay. I'll um, I'll hire this big bath, and we'll just have him at the hospital. That's okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it didn't end up happening at all. Oh. <laughs> Couldn't have been what happened. I actually ended up having to get induced because Arlo was yeah. a bit of a lazy bubba. He yeah. um, he ended up coming at forty-one weeks and three days or something. So that's. That's when I was um, induced and I was just absolutely over it. I was swollen and huge and hot and sweaty. So, yeah, because it was an induction, I couldn't, um, I couldn't be in the water. But, you know, that's, that's life. We have a birth plan. Sometimes it, sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. That's all good. <laughs> yeah, definitely. How did, um, how did that go then? How was being induced? Um, it was... <laughs> Part of it was extremely unpleasant, I think, because um, I had the, what's it called, the balloon thing, the personal, I can't remember what it is, the balloon thing that they put inside you to kind of like dilate your cervix. Yeah. Um, so I had that. Um, I didn't I didn't even think twice about that, but it was quite painful. It definitely kick-started some baby contractions, which I was kind of like, oh, <laughs> 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 um, yeah, this is going to hurt a lot. Oh. <laughs> so just going through that overnight um and then we headed to the hospital in the morning um and they started on the the pitocin drip which was quite unpleasant (laughs) (laughs) Um, definitely got things moving very very quickly um and I in my head I was like no you know I've done my hypnobirthing breathing I've got my meditations I'm good I've got my lights I've got my affirmations I I won't need any drugs I'll be fine and I really was so against having an epidural um but after three hours of just like screaming in pain I was like I want drugs (laughs) 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 I cannot do this anymore we tried gas um it just gave me head spins and even trying to sit still for the epidural my whole body was shaking. My poor husband had to like hold me down. The midwife had to, oh <laughs> had to get up. <laughs> so yeah, it was quite um it was quite intense. Um, but it was absolutely beautiful. Towards the end, 
um, I just had this like sense of I have absolutely got this, I can do it. And it was so, it was so painful. The epidural started wearing off on one side and I was completely freaked out that it would wear off on both sides and I'd be in that intense pain again. Um, And, yeah, my husband was also next to me. He was in tears because he was just worn out from, like, seeing me screaming and screaming and screaming. Um, But then, yeah, just something inside me was like, no, I got this, and I just became really, really calm. Um, And I remember asking the midwife to help me up on the hospital bed. So I was, like, holding the bed frame in a, like, a half squat split stance. Um, and holding myself up and just like breathing through the contractions Um, and then the midwife was like okay it's time to push I couldn't feel anything at all because the the epidural was mostly working Um, and just trying to push when you have no feeling or sensation in the bottom half of your body (laughs) is really interesting but we made it work Um, it was the most insane surreal thing I have ever been through and I remember when the midwife handed me this like little red jiggly wiggly wet baby I was like <laughs> you know I'm busy pushing I did it was just so surreal like I, just yeah. couldn't, I couldn't get my head around that like, oh my god there's a baby in me you know yeah <laughs> it's so weird hey because they literally come out like little humans and you're like what how <laughs> I'm, I'm just fat like this is Leave me alone. <laughs> oh my god did you need any help like to get him out like did they have to use any instruments or anything or were you able to just push him out i just pushed him out oh that's epic <laughs> it, was, it was really good and i think um because i have gymmed for a really long time i've been really into um like strength training um my husband is an amazing strength and conditioning coach so he helps me with a lot of gym stuff um, and it just felt like a really, really, really heavy squat, like all those <laughs> like, like one rep max squats. Yeah. <laughs> so I just kind of pretended I was doing that and I guess, um, yeah, I was very lucky. I didn't need any kind of intervention and I did have a little tiny tear yeah. um, but I didn't end up needing that stitched. It was oh, um, yes. Yeah. But it just healed on its own, which was amazing. So oh, that's was really so um, How big did he end up being when he came out? He was a totally regular size. He was just over three kilos. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah, you didn't really need to worry. It's just like you're just so hard to not be in your head. (laughs) Oh, absolutely, 100%. Um, Yeah. yeah. So he was was a nice nice little size. My poor friend ended up having like a four and a half kilo baby. Um, Oh, my gosh. The one that was in the office with me. And she like pushed him out like a champ. She didn't have any drugs. She just went in. Um, did her thing and yeah she's she's incredible but four and a half kilos oof, like he already <laughs> amazing oh my god I'd love to have her on that sounds inspirational <laughs> oh, <she's> incredible <laughs> um how did you feel immediately post-birth um very lightheaded and weird like I was in a dream like I actually just felt like I was in Narnia I couldn't get my head around what had happened at all um it didn't feel yeah, it just was it it just was like a dream. It just felt like I was in a dream. It was really strange. I can't describe it, but it didn't feel um it didn't feel real. And then I remember like because of COVID, my husband had to leave. Um I'd had an epidural, so I had to stay the night for monitoring. Um and yeah, my husband had to leave and I just was looking at this baby next to me going, What the hell? And I, <laughs> I pressed the call button and the nurse came and I was like 
I just burst into tears and I'm like, I don't know what to do. I've never changed an nappy. Please, can you help me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you poor love. Let me get you a cup of tea. So she got me a cup of tea and like, she's just happy and stuff. She's an angel. Um, but yeah, just total overwhelm, total dream, like kind of surreal state. It was, it was bizarre. I still, it, it sounds so dumb, but I really didn't piece together the fact that like, there's actually a baby in me. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> there's actually a human inside me. <laughs> yeah. It's just so weird. Even now, like, I don't know if you just, you just look at them and you're like, how did I grow you inside me? Oh, 100%. Like, I, I look at Arlo Weekly and I'm just like, this sense of complete surrealness just comes over me and I'm like, I, I always used to be like I don't know if you find this but I always used to notice my mum would always just like be staring at me randomly all the time and I used to be like mum why are you looking at me all the time and now I know why it's just how you look at your kids because you're like why did you not come out of my vagina that is so so strange no my mum exactly I know I literally catch myself looking at my daughter all the time like that now I'm like I'm literally looking at how my mum looks at me I'm like I'm doing it to you <laughs> Um, how did you decide to feed Arlo or how did that all come about your feeding journey I decided to breastfeed um and I would not have stuck with that at all if my amazing mum hadn't been so staunch in helping me um yeah it was so hard I really was so naive with breastfeeding I thought it's just put the boob in his mouth it cannot be that hard um, but my God, <laughs> I had really cracked nipples and um, I didn't have any mastitis, thank goodness, but it did not come naturally to me. And he has a really, really high palate, which was quite painful because he would he would have a very shallow latch. Um, and I remember just like holding him and crying and my cracked nipples were like bleeding all over his face and it was awful. It took us like four weeks for it to feel even not even painful not even nice just like not painful um and my mum bless her (laughs) she was like a boot camp instructor I don't think it would have worked if it was like emotional about it but (laughs) the feedback that I needed like she was like come on you can do it like stop being such a (laughs) but this kind of thing and I just was like okay yep no it's fine I'm in the gym it's all good (laughs) it's fine you know nah um but yeah, it just it, it, I would have quit. I would have quit at probably two weeks if my mum hadn't been there being like six weeks, keep it up for six weeks, keep it up for six weeks, you got this, you got this, you'll be fine. Um, but, yeah, oof. and I remember my milk coming in the night. My milk came in, I thought I had COVID because um, I had those, like it just felt like needles like inside my body. Like it was really awful. I had like chills um, and like a bit of a temperature and it just, it felt like I had the flu. I was like, I need to go get a PCR test. And mum was like, no, no, that's just your milk. It's totally normal. Wow. Um, I didn't even know that could happen. I didn't even, I hadn't heard of that before. Oh, really? Yeah, no, I hadn't. (laughs) So interesting. Yeah, no, it was, it was very, very intense. But thank goodness it only lasted um, one night. But, yeah, I remember I was sitting on the toilet doing a wee and, like, a, a gust of breeze just, like, came at my body and I just started shaking uncontrollably. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was really weird. And then I talked to mum and I was like, I've got COVID. And she's like, no, no, it's just your milk. The same, exact same thing happened to me. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was, wow. It was, just, <laughs> so, it was so, 
So after the four, just how long was it? Four weeks? Did it started feeling like About four weeks, and then okay. six weeks? It was really pleasant. Oh, yeah. okay, that's good. And what, what yeah. did your mum recommend? Like, what helped you kind of push through? So I had those hydrogel um, nipple pads. Yeah. Um, I also had a really, really big supply, so I was like hand expressing in the shower. Um, I didn't want to pump because that would obviously make my supply even more. Yeah. <laughs> um, but just freezing, freezing like uh, face washes and putting them on their boobs, that seemed to really help. Um, oh, it's crazy how you just like don't remember and it feels so, <laughs> it feels so big at the time, but you just like don't, don't even remember the details. Definitely those hydrogel nipple pads were my saving grace. Yeah. Um, and Oh, what else? Um, those, I used some eco little like nipple shield things because um, I, I had a really forceful letdown. So when Arla would be feeding on one side, the other side would just be like spraying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So those were amazing as well. Um, someone said cabbage leaves, which I did try, but they just made my boobs smell like soup. <laughs> it didn't work at all. Um, so yeah, frozen funnels were the absolute best thing for my cuticles, and lanolin as well, pure lanolin I used, which was was absolutely amazing. And you don't need to wash that off. Yeah. Um, because yeah, I think someone told me honey, and then um, my mum was like, oh no no no, um, that's not a good idea because honey has bacteria that can cause infant botulism in it. Yeah. Um, don't do honey. Um, but I did lanolin. That was amazing. Lanolin and funnels. Yeah. Okay. Good tips. <laughs> um, how did you feel? Like how long were you in hospital? And then how did you, yeah. How long were you in hospital for first? Um, so we came in at 8am. My induction started at 8.30 and then I left at 3pm the next day. Oh, okay. So just the one night you had? Just one night. Quick yeah. and easy out. Um, yeah, as I said, I didn't have didn't have to have any stitching, didn't have to have any any kind of other follow up care. Um, and I was with um, what's called mid- midwifery group practice, and they're amazing for getting you out um, and checked out really, really quickly. So they do have a really amazing high turnover rate, which is which is really yeah. really good. Oh, cool. Um, so that was fantastic. And then yeah, just getting home with the baby and. <laughs> remember it's so ridiculous I remember the evening that we got home with Arlo um my husband was like oh you know maybe we could go for a little walk around um and I was there just like ripped up bleeding feeling crap <laughs> I had slept in 48 hours um and I was like yeah that sounds amazing <laughs> so, <laughs> on. um and I was walking like I'd just gotten off a horse and then I walked out the door and I just burst into tears and I'm like I can't even go for a walk and it's like Lady, how do you expect to even walk? Like, <laughs> oh. just had a baby, but I was seriously there, like, oh no, like I need to go for a walk. Like, I need to, I need to start, like, I need to start my exercise routine up again. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I love, love your optimism. <laughs> oh, geez, <how> do I? <laughs> how was it when you got home and settled in? Did you have much support? I had my amazing mum come up and stay pretty much immediately and um, just because I was so naive and had no idea of what babies were or how they worked, um, me and my husband had both agreed that, you know, we wouldn't need family. Like we just have the first four weeks as just us as a little family trying to figure it out. We'll be fine. Um, but, yeah, then I think it was like night 
two or three when my milk came in. I called mum and I was like, I've got COVID, I can't do this. And she's like, your milk is coming in. Um, I'm coming up to help. Let me come make you some food. Um, and she lives in Denmark. So it's about three and a half hours from us in Bunbury. Um, and she literally left the next morning at probably like four in the morning. <laughs> she, was there. she was there by nine. Bless oh. her soul. She's incredible. So we had her. She was absolutely amazing. Um, my husband's parents are incredible too. So his mum is obviously staying with us at the moment. She's the best, but they live in England. So it's a little bit further of a journey. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I have my amazing friend from school as well. Um, she, I remember she messaged and checked in every single day because um, she had really severe postpartum depression too. So she just was checking in. And I sometimes I wouldn't even see or reply to her messages, but she just every day she'd be like, hey, how are you going? Um, just wanted to let you know that we're here. Like, just tell me what you need if you need anything. But, yeah, my mum was, she zoomed straight up. <laughs> it was so, so great. She's incredible. Bless her. Love her. That's so nice. It's like you don't really realise because I was the same. I was like because I read all these postpartum books when I was pregnant and I was like, okay, I just want to lock myself away for the like the first, what is it, the fourth trimester and yeah. I'll yeah. be fine and then not thinking that like the world still goes on outside of my doors. So oh my I was like so <laughs> thankful that my mum and Kevin stayed with me as well and just like she cooked and she cleaned, she did all those things and that was like just so perfect. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how you just really have no idea though? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, how did you go um, mentally postpartum? You mentioned your friend was checking in on you. That's re- really nice that she was able to do that. How did you feel? I know. She was amazing. I felt um, I was a mess. Honestly, I was a complete mess and I was so anxious. I think just because COVID was starting to be kind of a big deal here, um, I was so, so anxious about that. I was a total mess. I wasn't sleeping. Um, I felt like I had no control over my body or my mind. And I went to the doctor for Arlo's. Oh, no, I think it was a lacto. I went to see my lactation consultant because of the oversupply issue. And I just was like, is this normal? What can I do about it? Um, and I remember the doctor popped her head in and she's like, are you okay? Like, and I just must have looked like I wasn't even present because she's like, I think maybe we should get you started on some sertraline, you know, some antidepressants. Um, So I started taking them and I I felt a lot stronger. Um, But really until I started my ADHD medication again, I just wasn't wasn't myself. I don't know um, if it's like an ADHD thing or a, a regular person thing I shouldn't say regular person thing neuro neurotypical person thing um but the rage I would feel like when something didn't kind of work out as I expected or if I if I made like a really sudden noise um or you know if if I was even slightly overstimulated I would just go into these like blind rages where I was scared that I would hurt myself so um yeah I really, really needed to be back on my ADHD meds. And once I was, um, everything kind of smoothed over and I felt fine. But just the the rage, like the intense rage when I, I would feel when I was overstimulated was really scary, like really, really scary. I was never scared that I'd hurt Arlo, but I was very scared that I would like hurt myself because I just felt so out of control of my own body and mind. Wow. Did you start noticing things like mentally did the little things start changing for you 
first, like that you would be aware of or like were there warning I- signs? Like going into the depression and then the rage, like did it start slowly or did it come on like as soon as you started getting the sleep deprivation? It definitely um, it definitely slowly kind of dripped in the, the less sleep I was getting. So the longer, um, yeah, the longer I went without sleep, the worse it would get. Yeah. Um, and I remember <laughs> like absolute rock bottom was when, yeah, poor Arlo, he hates, he absolutely hates the car and he would just scream as soon as I put him in. Um, and I just felt so trapped. Like I was like, I can't leave the house. We're not sleeping. Um, there's COVID everywhere. I don't know what to do. Like I just feel like I'm so trapped. I have this tiny, tiny baby that I have to try and keep alive. I don't know how to do it. I, I just felt so isolated and scared and alone. Um, even though I had amazing friends and amazing support network, I just felt like I had to try and put on this brave face. And I remember I was driving in the car and I just like called my mum and I was like, I can't do this. Like I just, I just want to drive my car into a tree. I don't know. I don't know what to do. Um, and my mum was like, it's okay. You're really severely depressed. Just go home. Like make sure the baby's safe. Um, I'll come up straight away and we'll talk about some options and stuff. Yeah. Um, so she did bless her and I I felt better almost immediately when I was back on my meds. But it was um, it was horrible. I've never felt so out of control of my body and mind before. Um, and I think just it sounds so silly, but, like, obviously with breastfeeding I couldn't just stop eating. Like <laughs> I couldn't control my weight. If, if I'd felt like that before, I would have just resorted to, like, oh, okay, it's fine, like I can control my one thing I can control is my weight, so I'll just stop eating. I'll just cut all my carbs out. It's fine. I'll just eat five grams of carbs per meal. Um, but I couldn't do that because I have a child to keep alive and my boobs need nutrients and carbs. <laughs> so that's not something that would have worked. So I just felt like I was like, okay, great. There's absolutely nothing I can do about anything in my life. I am alone. I am isolated. Um, I just want to hurt myself. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's so horrible. You poor thing. <laughs> Maybe for 8.39 a.m. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 this is like so important to talk about. So thank you for sharing all of this. Um, how, like how did you get through those feelings about your body postpartum? Once I was back on my meds, I was fine. Um, but it's still really, really hard. It's the most jarring thing in the world to look in the mirror and expect because I really still expect to see my pre-baby body when I look in the mirror, I don't know why it still hasn't sunk in that I don't look like that anymore. But, you know, like as you pass a shop window or whatever, when you're out, um, you kind of sometimes take a glance and I would look at myself and be like, what the hell? Like it is, it's just so jarring. It feels so weird. Um, but I'm really trying to move towards like body, being body neutral, which is like my body is just my body. You know, I'm, I don't, doesn't hold any of my worth it's a body it has functions like it feeds my child (laughs) um it shouldn't it shouldn't be something that I place value upon in any way you know um so I'm trying really really hard to move towards that and it is really 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 difficult um especially because I have started back in the gym again now a bit more seriously and there's so many mirrors in gyms and sometimes when I kind of see myself in the mirror I'm like what the fuck 
<laughs> that is not that is not me and it's really deflating and really really horrible um so it is really hard but I guess I just try and focus on the fact that my body is so freaking incredible like it pushed this baby out when I couldn't even feel my legs and it's like I still have an entire freezer full of breast milk that I've created just from my boobies <laughs> so, and Arlo hasn't even had a cold yet so you know it must must be doing something them good antibodies yeah. but um yeah I just try and focus on what it can do rather than the deficit I feel when I look in the mirror which is really sad and I wish I didn't feel like that but yeah I'm trying to move towards just feeling neutral and just being like it's a body it functions great it's it's so hard as well because I I know that everyone like we try and talk so much more about like body image and stuff but there still is like social media where women are still like this is my body postpartum and they look like they've got bloody 20 abs again straight away and it's like you know I'm sure that is real for them but it's still just so hard like when you're trying not to beat yourself up over how you look so yeah I I hate social media I actually got rid of Instagram and um and Facebook for a good couple of weeks when I was um I think like a month postpartum and that did really help um, and then I just started taking photos of my body and what it looked like and putting them on my Instagram story um, and that kind of made it feel more real for me. So it was really healing for me but also hopefully like the mums that follow me, which is not that many. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's nice. Um, it's nice to kind of see what a normal, what, I don't want to say normal because like some people are just small and they have like they're small their whole pregnancies and then they're small again after their pregnancies and that's normal for them. But I just I do feel like that there's this societal expectation that you like like bounce back. Um, and you posted this amazing thing like last week. Um, and I think said something along the lines of like postpartum is not the season for weight loss. Like it's yeah. it's not it is not the time to be focusing on weight loss. It's the time for healing and it's the time for getting to know your baby. And it's like it's really it's just so cooked to me that, that we as a society value the way we look more than the livelihoods of our babies. Like yeah. I can't believe that um, that's still pushed on us. It's like yeah. lose weight, look good again. It's like that's, it's so, so bad. It's so toxic. And social media is definitely a big, plays a big part in that, which is horrible. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, it's so hard to do anything on minimal sleep as well. Like no matter how motivated and stuff you are, it's just so hard some days to get up and do stuff. Like, Or if you have like a really upset baby on that day, like, yeah, it's just like you just have to do what you can when you can. A hundred percent. I know it's really difficult, isn't it? Or, um, you know, like you plan to work out at a certain time and you get all ready and, um, and then for whatever reason, like you can't and then you have to stop and like, then you can do it, you know, maybe an hour or two later. And so you have to get motivation, like re-motivated. Yeah. <laughs> That's also really hard. And just being on someone else's schedule, you know, like you're on your baby's schedule. So. Yeah. And you really have to drop your expectations. Like I used to just get so frustrated because I'd be like, oh, I just wanted to do like a 30-minute workout and I can't because like, no, this has happened. And I literally just had to let that go. Like it took time. Like I really had to work on like lowering my expectations and it's hard, but yeah. It is so hard, isn't it? You've got to tell me your secrets because I'm still not quite there yet. (laughs) Do get so, because I'm autistic as well, I really am a very structured person and I like to know exactly what's happening at what time. and so yeah, trying to drop 
try to drop those and just be present for my baba at all times is really, really, really tough. Um, and I just have to remind myself to breathe through it and I will get a workout and it's going to be okay. Yeah. yeah, it's tough, isn't it? so hard. Yeah. And he's still so young. Like I honestly don't feel like, I don't know, it's so hard. I feel like once Ivy turned one, we were like, okay, we've turned a corner. Like we're getting, like we're kind of getting ourselves back a bit now. And then slowly now as she's like approaching two, I'm like, okay, I finally can see like if things are starting to feel normal, like she's in daycare a few days a week. Like I feel better about having people look after her. Like I'm I'm slowly like you slowly start to feel yourself again. So I'm sure in five years' time it'll be, <laughs> it'll we'll all look back and we'll have great bodies. hundred <laughs> we'll, percent. <laughs> exactly. exactly I'm so glad you say that because yeah yesterday was really tough and Arlo was just being so needy like whingy and I was feeling so guilty because I was just like trying to push him on everyone I'm like just take the baby like I just need to go I need to be alone I'm just gonna go to the toilet and sit there um and I was like googling on the toilet like why <laughs> like how long does it take for my baby to like not be grumpy <laughs> like yeah. when it's renting easier and then it was like oh five to six years and I'm like it's so funny as well like when I used to hear a newborn crying or like when Ivy would cry as a newborn I'd be like oh my god I have to get her straight away like I can't handle like a little baby crying and now she's a toddler and having tantrums I'm like oh you're okay (laughs) just like it's like a different type of cry it's just like I want something cry now (laughs) I'm like you're okay you're not getting scarred come here have a cuddle I get it though like the urgency of that newborn it's like a bleat isn't it like yeah you're like oh shit you know (laughs) yeah get them immediately I don't want to scar them (laughs) no I don't (laughs) Um, so what else has been has anything else been super challenging for you postpartum um honestly I think just the whole being on my baby's schedule that's probably been the toughest um and just planning my day um and then you know he won't have a sleep at the time I plan for him to have a sleep. And I'm like, oh, okay, great. So, so everything changes. Um, so just that, I guess, trying to um, accommodate to him all the time. And, like, the sleep maths that I have to do in my head, like the weight window maths, I'm, I've just stopped now. I don't even bother. But, like, before I'd be like, oh, my God, so he's, you know, he's down for a nap now. That gives me 60 minutes. I'm going to have to do this and this and this and then he'll sleep in the car and then we'll do this and then we'll do that. I'm just like, no, I just don't even bother. I'm like, you know what, the kid will sleep when he wants to sleep and if he doesn't, it will be messy but we'll deal with it then. So, yeah, (laughs) yeah, just. Yeah, exactly. I know. I just remember being like, she has to sleep now. She has to sleep through the night. She has to sleep this time. And now I look back and I'm like, why? Why was I so like hectic about it? I'm like, oh, number two, like, I definitely I'm going to be more chilled. Yeah, no, you and me both, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I was chatting to a friend the other day and she's like, yeah, my sister-in-law didn't leave the house for the first year because she just wanted to get the naps on schedule. She was so like pedantic about the baby's naps and stuff. And I'm like, well, couldn't be me. <laughs> I have to get out of the house, otherwise yeah. I'm insane. And if he doesn't sleep, that's my that's future Alex problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like they always eventually sleep. It's like sleep, and I mean they'll just be like super overtired and scream, but like eventually they will get some sleep. So just have I'll to remind to ourselves of that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're asleep. You can have a little cheeky glass of wine. And- yeah. Just do what you need. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> um, what have you found most rewarding being a mum so far? 
oh my gosh just Alu being so excited when he nails another milestone or when he feels like he's done something that's like like of note that's super exciting like he uh, we bought him a little car off marketplace that he's like zooting around in on the floor <laughs> um, and he loves it and he he couldn't figure it out for like the first I don't know day and then yesterday he was just like I woke up and he was literally sprinting around it's one of those ones that they like they have the little um little handles and then they just um there's like a core support thing and he just like walks he can't walk yet but he uses his legs to like push himself along um and he was just hysterically laughing um and just like zooming around in his car so yeah just I think when he feels like proud of himself it's really obvious and it shows and it's the cutest thing I'm not sure I oh, sorry Siri sometimes just like <laughs> jumps in <laughs> um, yeah, so that, but also just like the little moments it's so cheesy but it's really true like woke up this morning he's in bed with us um that's just the way that he best way that he sleeps um and I was holding my husband's hand and he was like on one side um and yeah I just looked at my boys and they were both asleep and I'm like this is the best super cheesy but it's just it is what it is <laughs> yeah, I love those moments when you literally just like look and you just like pinch yourself you're like why is this just so great all <laughs> my moment right <laughs> yeah um if you could go back and give yourself one piece of advice what would that be I feel like I would say to myself, um, nothing can ever prepare you for this. So stop trying to live with expectations that are just that you've invented in your head. Like there's there's nothing, there's nothing that can prepare you for what motherhood will bring at all, you know. Um, so just be gentle, be gentle with yourself and it's all a season, you know. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And it is. It does go. Like, even, it goes so far. I feel like one year is like the mark. Well, it was for us anyway. I'm sure it's oh, not for sure. everyone. <laughs> but no, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess still, we do, still definitely have our hard moments, but I feel like we definitely turned a corner at one. Oh, good. No, that's fantastic. Yeah. It's really important, isn't it? Yeah. So marks that you're like, oh, this, yeah, it's nice when it suddenly feels easier. And I remember the same happening at 12 weeks. Like, um, Ali had a bit of colic and he sort of seemed to grow out of that around then. Um, oh, yeah, and it's colic. just those little, yeah, the little corners that you turn. Um, but, yeah, I just think it is it is so surreal. Motherhood is so surreal every single day and nothing can prepare you for it and no amount of advice or baby books or YouTube tutorials on how to change nappies can prepare you for what you're going to feel in the moment and that's okay. You just have to ride the wave. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing your story today, Alex. This has been so great. And yes, yeah, so interesting to hear your perspective and your experience with everything. So thank you. No, thank you, Amy. Thanks for having me. It's um it's so important to talk about these things and you've just um you've got such a lovely platform for doing that. So thank you so much for bringing awareness to all of these things. You're amazing. Great job. <laughs> <laughs>